0: Welcome, I'm Victoria Schneps, President of Schneps Media, AM New York Metro, Palm Beach, here we come, Dance Papers, Palm Beach, and 91 other media outlets, and we are going to have a Power Woman interview. Today, I am thrilled to be interviewing Janine Stein, and Janine is the CEO of Long Island Speech and Myofunctional Therapy. Not only is she a great leader, but she's also a great inventor. And we're going to hear about her device that helps people with their sleeping, their speaking. I am just thrilled to learn more about her and her company. So welcome, Janine Stein, CEO.
1: Thank you so much. I, I don't know, next to you, Vicky. I'm like really underachieving, though, compared <laughs> to what you've done. I have a lot of work left to do.
0: Well, you know, I think we <laughs> have a great path that we... Uh, Life is a great adventure, is my attitude, and you just don't know where it will take you. But it sounds like you've been doing this for 20 years. So how did you get started? Who influenced you growing up to create a company and have it grow the way you have?
1: My parents were both hardworking, put in the daily grind to make sure that my brother and I had everything that we needed and wanted growing up, within reason, of course, And knowing that that was always the type of parent I wanted to be, but also to be so more involved in my children's lives. So they taught me really how to be not just successful, but how to balance success and family.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting how um, my parents also were wonderful, hardworking people who um, it sounds like they probably adored you and you felt great self-esteem growing up.
1: Absolutely, always supported, always right behind me. Um, even when they probably shouldn't have been, they were right there pushing me and encourage me, encouraging me, which is tremendous.
0: So I want you to know how. I mean, of course, you have this wonderful degrees, but how you got involved in the whole speech world?
1: I always wanted to do something with children and rehabilitative, and it was just a matter of finding the proper niche. At first, I thought it would be physical therapy. But then I was getting such a thrill and a reward from seeing the changes that individuals that are able, when they're able to communicate. Um, And after doing observations and internships, speech wound up being the area that I saw the most amount of change, but was also just so diverse in the types of treatment we can provide and for different ages, which I felt was good for someone that may need to keep themselves moving and progressing in their career to different paths.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, I don't know if uh, this is part of your world, but one of my employees came from Africa and his speech was really very hard, even though he learned the words to understand. Do you work with people who have the need to be able to speak better?
1: Absolutely. So as a speech pathologist, we do do dialect or accent reduction. But believe it or not, the person has to agree to it. So we, if they wanted to seek out that type of treatment, then they can give us permission to address it. However, if they don't give us permission, then we're supposed to respect it as their dialect or their accent or part of their language or their culture. So it's it's a, usually a an interesting dynamic because you want them to be able to say, like, yes, I'd like to correct this and sound more Americanized or... Long Islanders more Long Islandish. We're
0: an ish, huh? We're an ish,
1: we're an ish.
0: (laughs) What are the core kinds of services that Long Island speech and myofunctional therapy provides?
1: So we work with um, our youngest patient is four weeks old. Usually coming for feeding or issues, breastfeeding, latching. And then all the way up our oldest is 96 at the current moment and usually those individuals are suffered from uh, traumatic brain injuries or strokes and we're working through their language skills or feeding skills secondary to traumatic brain injury or a stroke. And then from the child that's developmentally delayed to the individual that presents with a diagnosis such as autism. So we're working on everything from feeding to voice quality to using a computer to talk for you, augmentative communication, and then of course, articulation and all those other pieces. Speech has a lot in its wheelhouse. So trying to build a practice of competent individuals in all areas has definitely always been my goal, a challenge, but a goal and has, has, I've been lucky enough to have great people.
0: Well, I don't think you're lucky. I think you made your luck and that's, (laughs) that is how things, um, great things happen. And I do believe great people around us make us greater.
1: And I that you've
0: been doing that because uh, you know you've developed nine locations are they each doing different things or are they each offer this variety that you just explained
1: so they're each offered the variety as I explained any therapist that comes and works for me we put them through extensive training it's a little bit of a boot camp but um they all at the end say I've learned so much that I'm stronger than my counterparts or my colleagues And at the end of the day, that's what matters. As long as they can grow and help our patients at the end of the day, that's all we need
0: Well, it's really, you know, a a godsend for many people who have strokes or people who have uh, special needs. You know, I organized uh, 50 years ago, Life's Work, which helps people who are in the autism spectrum and with developmental disabilities. And communication is really taking on a new, what shall we say? It's like a, a miracle to me. Uh, Are you working at all with these brain chips or ways for people to get their voice back?
1: I have not, but it is definitely something that's up and coming. And I think the research is, we're just starting to see the tip of it.
0: Because I would think that how you can train people to speak again is most remarkable. Is there, um, how did it come to be evolving into this device that you are now getting patented love to hear
1: about it yes so the the device that where you that we've patented or i've created could actually work in conjunction Um, because again when we're articulating it's about where your tongue needs to move and where your tongue moves is how air resonates in your mouth and in your nose so the appliance that we created i created is called the spot pal and the spa pal actually has different tactile cues. It's custom fit to everyone's mouth. And it has tactile cues for where your tongue needs to go for producing certain sounds or closing off the nasal cavity to produce sound through your nose, or vice versa, closing off your nasal cavity to produce sound through your mouth. So it's go, it supports that placement and the production and the usage of those muscles, whereas an appliance like those computer chips would help to shape it would help to shape the language that's coming from them.
0: Well, I've just been fascinated where we work with a lot of children with uh, cerebral palsy. And I, I've seen where they could think and the computer can pick it up. Is that is that real or is that science
1: fiction? Oh, no, that's real. I feel like that's already happening when my cell phone's next to me. So I it is definitely happening. Like I said, evolving. It's it's amazing because there's always, you know, especially in the autism community, everybody always feels like there's they want, there's something that they needs to be communicated and it's finding the appropriate way to get that language out you know, and extract it from them. And the computer has been, or augmentative communication, iPads, all of those have been great. But again, if you don't have great dexterity, well, now you lose that option too. So having the options like an appliance in the mouth or a chip allows for those individuals to be just as successful too.
0: So are you doing anything with the chips or this is just something that you're examining?
1: I've just been examining. I'm not doing anything with the chips, just examining. Again, especially now that we're the first world related tongue training appliance, there's so much education we've had to do, so much education of the community, just to be able to explain the difference. Like, why is this not generating voice for them? But what is the benefit of teaching them where their tongue is to generate voice? So there's, you know, they each has different benefits
0: what i'm fascinated about the tongue i was only told that if i put my tongue on the top of my palate i'll make a very perfect smile
1: oh is that what you were told (laughs) perfect that's exactly it that was it and you need to know nothing else as long as you got that you're good so how does a tongue have such power and influence so the tongue is a strong muscle like our heart so the tongue is able to shape bones so What we make the mistake in doing, especially in dentistry or orthodontia is we put something on our teeth to help them move, but what's moving them to begin with is our tongue. So if you put braces on someone's mouth and you don't get their tongue in the right position, the second their braces come off, their teeth go back to the way they were. Um, Same with the top of your mouth, your hard palate is moldable until you're done growing. So the more you push your tongue forward, The higher it pushes, harder it pushes on your palate and the higher and narrower your palate goes, which affects how much you can breathe and how air resonates through your nose. So it's just this like vicious mm -hmm, cycle. I am
0: fascinated by this, that, um, you know, we should really do an article about the power of your
1: tongue. Uh, Absolutely. How did you come up with the device? Uh, To be honest, after working in the fields for such a long time, you start to see the other appliances and devices that are out there, and you start to see the limitations of them. And then fast forward, COVID came, and we went from doing all in-person therapy to virtual therapy, and we obviously can't have an adequate look inside the mouth through a camera. And again, Zoom helped in so many ways during the pandemic, but when you're talking about speech and language, it's a pragmatic task. It's a pragmatic goal. They can do it through a computer, but it's not as easy. Um, And like I said, we can't see in the mouth. You know, we can tell them to put their tongue in a certain position, but we don't necessarily know if that's there, especially if we're not next to them. So COVID happened. And I was like, all right, we have to figure out a way that we can see inside the mouth, even if we're at a distance, because we never knew if we were ever going back in person again. So that's how the appliance came to be. I had a friend who worked with sports guards and he had a friend who was a designer. So I kind of drew out a couple ideas for him and then he created those ideas. And then since then they've evolved because as we worked, used them in our office for two years before I put it out to the public. Um, and during that two years, I was able to see which one, the limitations of each and make modifications um, so that it is something that could be worn long-term, but also can grow with you. So you don't feel like you're having to replace it every time you lose a tooth or every time you go to the dentist. So trying to create something that would span our, all of our ages. And target all of these things at one time. And truth be told, it's really just teaching the tongue where it needs to be.
0: It's most remarkable. And I'm, you know, really uh, in awe of what you were able to create. But there's a, you know, if you're like me, I tend to work 24 7. Yep. 24 uh, 7. What do you do for fun?
1: <laughs> My fun is literally watching a terrible TV show that requires no brain power. My husband makes fun of me. He'll be like, really? This show? I'm like, it doesn't matter. I don't have to think about anything. It doesn't make me think of something I should be doing.
0: Well, you know, it's a funny thing how um, the the distractions are for people with busy minds just to slow your mind down, right? And just take a break. I do that sometimes. I just watch television. I Usually I read and I write and I watch television, but sometimes I just now. Learning just to watch something stupid is a very good advice.
1: <laughs> well, that's it. And like I said, it's not one you can watch with a significant other because they look at you like, really? This is what you're watching? Yes, my brain works all day. Not doing it.
0: <laughs> good. Good for you. Well, I'd love you to give us some advice that people can have and how you built your business. What does it take to be so successful? Can you give us some thoughts?
1: I, de- I think that part of my success has been always looking at the practice as a mom and pop shop, even as big as it's grown. And I encourage that with our staff and our patients. I want to be involved. I don't want it to be this big corporate policy. I want it to be this parent had a really hard time, something happened, can we do something for them or their child? Or So I want it to always feel personal because it is personal. So many of these parents are going through struggles forever so however we can help them and then creating an environment that not only our staff are feel comfortable coming into but the families and the patients as well they some of these parents get 20 minutes to shut off you know all day or a half hour to shut off all day and we want those to be an enjoyable few minutes and i think that's kind of cultivated in the atmosphere of the practices and i think that's really what's made them the most successful
0: well what about you personally what uh, what has motivated, what do, what could a person who's starting out in business uh, advice, could you offer to them?
1: I would say the um, always trust your gut in terms of, which I'm sure every business person in the world would probably say the opposite, but I've been told every step of the way that I couldn't do this or that I shouldn't do this. And I've pushed, I've battled. If you believe in something enough, you should be able to will it to power. You should will it to existence. And that's really what I've kind of gone by. That's kind of my mode. My husband keeps saying, aren't you ready to retire? And I'm like, no, my brain's still going. And so my brain shuts down. I can't. Either that or I'm going to be attached to dumb television. So I have to do something productive.
0: Well, I think, you know, for me, retiring is uh, when you're dead.
1: Yes. Yes. (laughs) I'm going to go with that one. I'm using that one.
0: Mm -hmm. You and I both have the same thing in common, that is. We love what we do, and we don't work a day in our lives because we
1: love what we do. Uh, You're 100% right. If I could recruit for my field, I would be. I should be getting kickbacks because all I do is encourage um, speech pathology as a field. And doing what we do and making the difference is just, there's nothing better than that.
0: Well, I think it's been wonderful talking with uh, Janine Stein, who is the CEO of Long Island Speech and Myofunctional Therapy and a creator, designer, inventor. Uh, It's been my pleasure to talk with you and I'm so proud of the difference you make in people's lives. This is Victoria Schnepp signing off till next time. Bye now.